Radio Edition. I am Dick Batista, along with Nathan Jones, Web Minister for Lamb and Lion Ministry, and we're transmitting live from 102.3 FM, truthfm.tv, as well as twitcasting.tv and twave.tv. And we thank you for being part of our program today, as our program is going to be that of God's mighty angels, the decimation of Satan, as we look at Revelation chapter 12. And of course, our lines will be open. You can text in or call in with your questions or your comments. The local number is 305-992-9537. 305-992-9537 or 321-END-TIME. And before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word. And Lord, I just pray you'll become real to us as we understand you a better, Lord, that we'll grow in our relationship with you. And for all those listening and watching, Lord, we'll get a special blessing for reading your word. Lord, we pray for uh, all the technology involved, that it will go smoothly. And uh, Lord, we just pray that this will, uh, most importantly, glorify you in your precious and wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Again, you're tuning to the Triple Sacred Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. Big Batista and Nathan Jones So talking about the decimation of Satan. Revelation chapter 12, Angel Wars. Today's program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Ventura and the Triple Sacred Free Ministry. You can find more information at calvaryaventura.com or on Facebook on JN832. want to encourage those of you that are watching us live and listening to us live. If you use Facebook, make sure that you tell your friends and your family regarding the programs here. And make sure that you hit the like button there on facebook.com forward slash T-Wave TV. And of course, we're very excited about today's program as we look at the book of Revelation and God's mighty angel and the work that is involved there with them as their ministering spirits. And before we continue, I'm going to welcome again Nathan Jones to our program. Nathan, it's great to have you on. Hey, brother, it's great to be on again. Thank you so much. Uh, great subject. By the way, I'm always excited when this this uh, day comes where we can discuss these subjects because, wow, this <laughs> is just blowing my mind as we study through Revelation. Amen. Thank you, Nathan. And, you know, I, keep, I have to uh, remind myself not to call you a special guest, but a regular. So I'm going to have to change your title now. <laughs> I'm regular Nathan Jones, that sounds like laxative, but thank you. <laughs> no, 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 that's not what I meant at all. <laughs> we, we don't want to get that confused. 
But it's yeah. only, uh, the meaning for our audience, those that are watching and listening, that we are now regulars on this program because you're taking us through these incredible journeys and we want individuals to be tuned in and watching so that they will also be regulars and not just guests that pop in and out of the program. Right, Nathan? Amen, brother. I'm, I'm, I appreciate being a regular on your program. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, Nathan, of course, we always have a lot of fun, so we pray that anyone watching or listening will get used to us because this, this is how we do a program, right, Nathan? <laughs> yeah, you got to take us with all our flaws. <laughs> Absolutely. And Nathan, of course, for those that are maybe not very familiar with Landon Line, maybe they're new to the program, they just tuned in for the first time, would you share with them just briefly a little bit of information about your ministry and your resources? Well, certainly. Uh, I'm uh, Nathan Jones, web minister with Landon Lion Ministries. I'm also associate evangelist and co-host of our television show, Christ and Prophecy. And folks can check us out. Many networks now on TBN, and uh, you can watch us on Church Channel, NRB, Golden Eagle and others, and there uh, you can uh, check out our television show, Christ the Prophecy. Our website is lamblion.com, and we got so much information about Bible prophecy on there. We want you to study God's prophetic word, and we're trying to provide all the resources there for you. So check us out, lamblion.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nathan. Of course, we want to encourage us to be watching and listening. Take advantage of these wonderful, wonderful resources. There's not many websites out there that offer as much resource as Lamb and Lion does to take care uh, of, to, to make sure that you uh, are regulars also visiting their website. So Nathan, very excited uh, about what God is doing. So tell me, what's new this week there in Texas? I mean, there's always something going on around the world, uh, but uh, we also know that Texas in particular, there's always something stirring. Is everything quiet there in the news and everything else? Well, at the time of this recording, we are experiencing tremendous uh, tornadoes and storms. Uh, we've been in a four-year drought, but no longer. Our lakes are overflowing, so praise the Lord for the rain, but please stop. We're drowning. And, uh, <laughs> but it's, it's fascinating to look, and this is something so weird, and you probably noticed the weather patterns, that while we're having storms here in Texas, tremendous storms, up north they're having snowstorms. Wow. On the east coast they're having a hurricane, and on the west coast they're having the worst drought ever. And so we've got four different seasons represented across the country, all happening at the same time. Very strange weather. Ooh. We knew that as we were getting close to the Lord's return, that the signs of weather would also play as a sign that points to Jesus' soon return. Wow. And uh, I believe that we're definitely experiencing that today. Oh, Nathan, you are so right. And Nathan, I also wanted to see maybe we could take a minute and maybe have you pray for the situation in Nepal with the earthquake there. And just the millions of people that are being affected, because we see there's a shaking going on around the world. Yeah, earthquakes again. Another one of the signs that Jesus gave, um, around, uh, excuse me, uh, Luke 21 about the end times would be yes. earthquakes. They would increase in frequency and intensity, and uh, we had two major ones in Nepal with some minor ones. And so, yeah, I'd be happy, brother. Let's pray. Yeah, thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you so much that uh, you care for us, and Lord, yes. you are letting the world know that you're coming soon. You're shaking it up. Mm. But as it's shaken up, uh, Lord, many people are getting hurt, as you know. And we do pray for those folks in Nepal, that you'll bless them, Lord, with your presence, that the doors will be open for missionaries and aid and all sorts to come in and share your gospel, and something disastrous like this could be turned into a victory for you. In your precious and wonderful name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Nathan. Again, you're tuned into the Truth to the Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones. We're looking at Revelation chapter 12. And of course, Nathan, as we looked in our last program, we were closing chapter 11, and there was also a great shaking taking place there 
while these trumpets were being blown, while these mighty angels were declaring the judgments that were coming. Would you be able to recap for us there briefly, Nathan? Uh, uh, Revelation 11, there was closing uh, uh, verses as the seventh angel uh, sounded the trumpet. What was going on there? Well, there's uh, 72 references to angels in the New King James uh, in all of Revelation. So Revelation is very packed with angels. It says that God is pulling the veil off the spiritual world and showing the Apostle John what's going on behind the scenes. And we too can get a view of what's going on behind the scenes. Now, most of Revelation uh, takes place during what's called the Tribulation. It's a seven-year time period, a judgment time period that will come on this earth to judge God's, uh, judge the people of the world, to punish sin, to bring a remnant of people to accept him as Savior, and to see Jesus' victory in his return. And of those 21 judgments, each of those judgments are given by God, and uh, some of them are, uh, I should say, fortune of them are released by angels. One being, uh, there's the seal judgments, there's seven of those, the trumpet judgments, seven of those, and the bowl judgments, seven of those. We are now at the seventh trumpet judgment, so the 14th judgment, and it's kind of a judgment that launches the, the bowl of judgment. It begins verse 19, Then the temple of God was opened in heaven, and the ark of his covenant was seen in the temple. There was lightning, noises, thunders, and earthquake, and great hail. So it's not a specific judgment like the others are. It's a bunch of them combined. Lightning, noises, thunders, earthquakes, hail. But the temple of God opens and Man, this is the only reference you have in the New Testament of seeing the Ark of the Covenant. Now, wow. whether it's the Old Testament Ark of the Covenant brought to heaven, or the Old Testament Ark was a symbol or to represent the real Ark of the Covenant up in heaven, which I think that's the case, we are seeing heaven open. God is revealing himself and is showing that we are getting near the end of this age and the beginning of the Messianic age when Jesus returns to set up his kingdom. Amazing, amazing passage. Thank you so much, Nathan. And for those of you watching and listening, we pray that you can follow along with us. Maybe you guys can get a Bible and uh, follow along as we dive into this incredible passages in the book of Revelation, just filled with amazing angelic beings and activities in the heavens. So Nathan, we get to chapter 12. And of course, as we're following the trumpet judgment, of course, the seal judgments, then we'll get to the bowl judgments. We see a sequence, but then there are some chapters that there's like a, a little bit of a pause, a little bit of a different take on them. And we get to chapter 12, there's still a lot of activity with God's angels here, but it has a different scenario happening. Can you talk to us here about chapter 12? Once we get to chapter 12, up to this point, God has been giving us the judgments that are coming on this earth. We're getting the, seeing the, what's happening. But here we start learning more about the players. In chapter 12, we're going to learn about the, the most famous angel of them all, Satan himself. And then we'll get into 13, which we'll describe more what he's doing. So, uh, we're getting from events to characters here in Revelation. And so we're stopping before we get to the bold judgment and learning about the enemy of mankind, the, the ultimate angel that started the rebellion against God and has caused all the suffering for thousands of years, Satan himself. Mm. Amazing. And Nathan, there we find the opening verses, uh, of course, again, just a, a lot of uh, picture, I want to say picturology, right? <laughs> I, don't know that, I don't know if that's a good word. But uh, a lot of pictures, a lot of images, a lot of things that are going on here. And we want to encourage anyone watching or listening not to get lost, but to follow along carefully. Because each one of these have meaning and biblical reference, some in the Old Testament as well as some in the New Testament. Thank you, Nathan. Well, you make an excellent point because to really understand Revelation 12, you really have to have known the Bible. You have to understand because there's all these symbols. And all these symbols are given to us 
in the Bible. We don't have to make anything up. We know what they are. But the problem is, is that we have to know what's ahead of time to understand. And so we can jump to that and I can explain some of this as we go through it if you like. Absolutely, Nathan. But there, uh, if you could read for us Revelation 12, verses 1 through uh, 6, that would be awesome. Uh, so this way we can jump into that one and just let people see exactly all of what's going on here in this powerful passage. Okay, uh, verse 1. Now a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of twelve stars. Then, being with child, she cried out and labored in pain to give birth. And another sign appeared in heaven, behold, a great, fiery red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his head. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth, to devour her child as soon as it was born. She bore a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up to God in his throne. Then the woman fled into the wilderness, where she had a place prepared by God, and they should feed her there for 1,660 days. Mm, an incredible passage. Now, Nathan, this was a giant woman, huh? No, I'm just kidding. But... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't think that is uh, the interpretation, but you try. <laughs> well, and it's almost like the angel that we talked about in the previous chapter, Revelation chapter 10, right? He had one foot on one side of the world. And so talk to us exactly what imagery is that we're looking at here. Well, you have to go back to the story of Joseph, all the way back to Genesis. And Joseph had a dream, and he dreamed that his mother and father were the sun and the moon, and his brothers were the twelve stars, and they all bowed down and worshipped him. And this was the beginning of the Jewish people, Israel as a nation. And so what it's referring to here is this woman isn't a, it's a woman per se, but it is actually Israel. And we know it's Israel because, again, it goes on to say that she gave birth to a male child who would rule all nations. Well, we know the Messiah was, would rule all, will rule all nations, and he will do it with a rod of iron, which is a term frequently used in the Bible to say that Jesus' rule will be absolute. There will be no challenge to it. And we know that the Jewish people, Israel, gave birth to the Messiah. The Messiah came from the Jewish people. Jesus was born a Jew. And so we're actually getting kind of a, not just one uh, part of history, but kind of a number of years of history all rolled into one year that Israel was made a nation, she gave birth to the Messiah, and that there was this dragon wanting to destroy the child. And this dragon is a description of Satan. Absolutely. Now, whether he actually looks like a fiery red dragon, and there are references that his angelic form was dragon-like, uh, quite impressive, too, we can get into some details here, and that he has seven heads, ten horns, and seven diadems, or crowns on his head. Now, whether he has seven heads and ten horns, there's other imagery in the Bible that explains that the seven heads are seven empires, and that the ten horns are the final ten kings of the earth, that the earth is divided into ten regions with the Antichrist ruling over them. Absolutely. And so that's more of a representation of what Satan is. He, he's ruler over this earth until Jesus returns. And he wants to destroy uh, Jesus Christ, and he tries, but uh, had no success. Jesus was crucified, but <laughs> Jesus surprised him, he beat him, he was resurrected. And uh, then we read that the woman, woman, Israel, will flee into the wilderness, Absolutely. and she will have a place prepared by God, and there shall be for one, uh, basically three and a half years, which is the second half of the tribulation time period. Mm. Nathan, this is fascinating. So again, this woman is a representation of Israel. We also know it as a Satan. That dragon is always trying to destroy, in a sense, the baby. 
uh, the work of God before it begins. It was true in the book of Exodus, right? It was true in the book of Matthew at the birth of Jesus. And it's going to be true in the end times. And that's exactly what, what we're seeing here uh, with this dragon. And of course, you and I were messing around, so we posted a picture of smog, right? <laughs> <laughs> From the Hobbit, yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting, too, because there's a lot of folklore about dragons hiding out in jewels. Uh, you know, in caverns filled with money and wealth where it sticks to their bodies. And uh, at one point in the movie, Smog, remember, it's covered in gold. And, right. and we, we read that Satan actually, in the Old Testament, was covered in a jewel. Absolutely. Uh, I'm looking up the reference here now, but uh, he was, he was the most magnificent of angels in the Old Testament. Yeah, and Isaiah, I believe, also Ezekiel makes references and various others regarding his, uh, his beauty. Yes, uh, Ezekiel 28, 13 says, You were in Eden, the Garden of Eden. Every precious stone was your covering, the rubies, the topaz, and the diamond, and it goes on and on and explains. In other words, Satan in his original form was the most mighty of angels. Yes. Uh, Ezekiel 28 says he was full of wisdom. He was perfect in beauty. He was called Lucifer, which means light bearer. And uh, as Lucifer, the light bearer, his job was to guard the throne of God. Now, more honor guard, obviously, nothing can attack God. So Satan was the greatest, most powerful angel. Matter of fact, the Archangel Michael won't even attack him one-on-one -on -one because Satan is more powerful. But Satan is nowhere near as powerful as God himself. He is a created being. And he's got limitations. He's not omnipresent. He doesn't know everything. But he is to be feared and respected in a way because he is the most powerful of all the created beings ever made. Excellent point. And that's why, Nathan, when we pray, we pray in Jesus' name. We're not going to go against Satan like some uh, religions teach. And sad to say, some people are going out there uh, chasing Satan around. And, and of course, <laughs> we're not to do that. In a sense, we, are, we just need to pray and know that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. But we also don't have to fear him uh, like we're powerless. Exactly. Satan is obviously the most powerful creature in the world. He's behind all the evil empires, evil nations, politicians, leaders, governments that's out there right now. He is a force to be reckoned with, and we cannot do it on. Even Michael would not take Satan on one-on-one. -on -one. But we got to know that we're on two many sides. We're on Jesus Christ's side, and Satan has no match compared to Jesus Christ. Jesus will win over him. Great I think that's part of the reason that uh, Revelation gets into this. We know that Satan's behind the scenes, and, and Revelation wants to give us more detail, but also wants to let us know that the players involved, that Satan's eventually at his, his, his destruction. So that even though the terrible things that will happen during the tribulation, especially the persecution of the Jews and those who come to know Jesus as Savior of the tribulation saints, they will suffer greatly. But again, in the end, Jesus Exactly. And Nathan, that was a good thing also there in verse 3 of chapter 12 that you clarified for us because also Revelation chapter 13, of course, Revelation chapter 17, uh, Daniel chapter 2 and Daniel chapter 7 speak to us about these, uh, the, these heads and these horns. And that's something that can confuse people, but they need to read the Bible in its contents, right? You're absolutely right. Most people, they get to Revelation and they just give up. They're like, wow, there's just so much symbols. Uh, what did you call them again? The Tight or a word to use, but I think you made it up. I, I did. It was pictureology. <laughs> pictureology, yeah. I'm going to use that one. But no, uh, 
we get so many symbols here, but the Bible always explains itself. And yes. we just, as you said, these symbols are all throughout the Bible. You just have to know where to find them. And so we know then what's going on. We also know that the tribulation being seven years, as it's explained in many places like Daniel and here in Revelation, is seven years long. The second half is three and a half years. So we know that the middle of the tribulation, and we'll read about it later, and we also read it from Daniel 9, that Satan will desecrate the third temple in Jerusalem when it's built, it hasn't been built yet. The Jews will then flee into the wilderness, most likely Petra and Jordan, and their God will protect them during those remaining three and a half years. Mm. Nathan, that is another uh, very interesting uh, portion there of this scripture, uh, because verse 4 also talks about the number, I will. I want to say even billions of angels right, that, 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 that were part of this uh, war in heaven, if you will, and uh, we notice there that this is where all these fallen angels and demons derive from, because Revelation chapter 4 talks about a, a third uh, of the stars of heaven uh, were thrown into the earth, and of course in Revelation we find that uh, talking about angelic beings. And uh, Nathan, that's why we also have uh, a, a war taking place right now that we can't see, but it is another real battle. It is, it is. Uh, there was a battle where Satan tried to overthrow God. A third of the angels joined him, the Bible calls them stars of heaven, and they were thrown to the earth. But as we'll read in the next passage in Revelation 12, Satan tries one last time to overthrow heaven. Right. And of course, we know that as we look at this, God is always protecting his people. This is why we need to pray for Israel. We need to pray for the nation of Israel. A lot of what we're seeing today, Nathan, is just preparation for what's coming. Satan hates the Jewish people with a passion. He hates all of humanity, there's no doubt. He is extremely jealous of humans. Even though angels are so much more powerful, they get to be with God and see God, uh, mankind has been given promises that put us in positions of power over angels in the eternal state. Satan, for some reason, absolutely hated that. We read Isaiah how he, in full of pride and envy, wanted to be greater than God and rule over all of us. So his mission is really to destroy all of humanity, but particularly the Jewish people, because through the Jewish people, God's promises of redemption for mankind and for the Messiah's kingdom come through the Jewish people. And we've seen throughout history the, the attempted Gentile nations trying to annihilate the Jewish people, right. particularly during World War II, during the Nazi Holocaust. But brother, I hate to say this, but during the Tribulation, the Holocaust will look very tame compared to the Holocaust that will happen to Jews during that time. Absolutely. And then that's, why, Nathan, we, that's why we pray for the Jewish people. We pray for the, for the peace of Israel. God uh, calls us to pray for them and, and to... Uh, Really, uh, even though these things are coming, we know, right, Nathan, according to the statistics that you and Dr. Reagan share, that there's more Jewish people being saved now than ever before, right, returning to their land. Well, the, let's see, the last count, I believe it was over 6 million Jews, and now it might be up to 7, uh, are now back in Israel. That half the world's Jews now live in Israel. And so God is fulfilling his promises made throughout of both the major and minor prophets that the Jewish people would be regathered back a second time back into the land of Israel, and that the whole world's anger would be against them. Because the whole world is really in the background being run by Satan. So it's Satan anger through the nation against Israel for the purpose of bringing a remnant of the Jewish people, a third of the Jews actually, will accept Jesus as Savior upon his return. So we know that two-thirds of the Jewish people will, will be killed. So we're saying, uh, say, 12 to 14 million, two-thirds is, is about eight, eight to nine million Jews 
will be killed during this tribulation time period. So praise the Lord now that many Jews are starting to accept Jesus as Messiah. Nathan, that's a very good point. And this is why we cannot stop praying for the Jewish people. The Holy Spirit is still at work. He doesn't stop working. And you know, Nathan, we have this wonderful Jewish couple started coming to a ministry, and they both just accepted Jesus as their I'm Messiah. Yeah, and they're going to be baptized in the next few weeks. We're going to take them out here in the ocean and baptize them. So God is not through with his people, as some say, right, Nate? Not at all, not at all. And when a Jewish person becomes saved, they become part of the church, the bride of Christ. That's right. They'll be raptured, and uh, so they are Jews by nationality, but they are now rebirthed into the bride of Christ. So uh, praise the Lord, man. That is exciting to hear what's going on in Calvary Chapel, Aventura. Well, Nathan, here in Aventura, we have a, a, a very large community uh, of Jewish people. I want to say uh, maybe the third largest. Uh, Boca Raton is maybe second. New York might be first, I mean, except for Israel, of course. <laughs> But uh, we pray for them because they're right next door to us and uh, they're a little difficult to reach in terms of how we normally evangelize uh, the Gentiles. But nevertheless, they're responding. Uh, they're, they're noticing that the Yeshua, uh, their Messiah, Jesus, uh, loves them. And uh, by us simply showing the love of Christ to them, uh, God is opening their hearts. And, and that's part of why we believe, Nathan, as you and I know, that the Lord is coming very soon. Amen, brother. Uh, this, not only is the Jews coming back into the land again, that Israel is a nation again, but that Jewish people are accepting Jesus Christ. Uh, like you said, unlike any time in history, I believe that's yet another sign that Jesus is coming back to. Absolutely, absolutely. And of course, Nathan, we look here, uh, God's protection. So uh, the enemy is going to come in like a flood, this dragon in a sense to destroy them. But nevertheless, God takes them into this place he protects them there, and it's much like what happened in the Old Testament, right, Nate? Yeah, as Jesus, uh, well, as the angel of the Lord, God is the angels that he sent, were always protecting Israel. The, uh, the general of the Lord's army led uh, Joshua to have victory over Jericho, right? King David, in faith, was able to defeat Goliath. The armies of, of Deborah were able to overcome their enemies throughout history, the Jewish people are protected by God supernaturally. And to this day, when Jewish people have wars against, say, Gaza or Lebanon or any other nation, they are always miraculously protected. So much so that even their enemies say, wait a minute, we should have defeated them. What's going on here? So clearly the Lord is protecting Israel and they will have a remnant that will accept Jesus as Savior by the end of the tribulation. Absolutely. That is awesome. Thank you, Nate. Of course, for those of you watching, maybe you just tuned in now. You're tuned into the Truth and Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition, Big Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're looking at Revelation chapter 12, talking about his angel war and also the decimation of Satan. Again, our lines will remain open, 305-992-9537. If you'd like to text in your questions or your comments, those of you watching us live via twitcasting.tv and tway.tv, you can actually post your questions or your comments there on the screen. So Nathan, again, this is very exciting. I know we only have about a minute or two left to the first segment of our program, but Nathan, we always uh, want people to know that there's a hope, there's encouragement in the Lord Jesus Christ, but it all begins with a relationship with Him. And, and Nate, I would love for you to maybe share briefly for someone who's watching or maybe just tuned in and they don't have a relationship with God, but maybe they want to pursue that relation. Can you share with them how they can start a relationship, even right now, if they so choose? They need to accept Jesus as Savior. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believe in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. It's 
Pray in your heart, dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Savior. Jesus promises to forgive you of your sins, to cleanse that guilt away, to give you a new life and that hope eternally with him. Amen. Thank you, Nathan. And of course, for those of you that have trust in the Lord, uh, maybe by faith right now, we'd love for you to let us know that you started our relationship with Jesus. He loves you. He has a wonderful plan for your life, and he is coming very, very soon. Nathan Jones, thank you so much for being part of the first segment of our program, and uh, it's always awesome to have you on. Thank you, brother. Great to be on. Awesome. And of course, we want to encourage everyone that is watching, stay tuned. As we come out of a break for the second segment of our program, Big Patricia Nathan Jones. May the Lord bless you and keep you in his faith shine upon you. We'll be right back. Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. I am Dick Batista, along with Nathan Jones, and we're transmitting live on 102.3 FM, TruthWave.tv. And of course, we thank you for tuning in to the second segment of our program as we're looking at Revelation chapter 12, talking about the destination of Satan in this angelic war that is taking place here. And of course, our lines will continue to be open. The local number is 305-992-9537. We'd love for you to call in with your questions or your comments, or text in your questions or your comments. But before we continue with the second segment of our program, I ask Nathan Jones if you would open us up with a word of prayer. Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word. Thank you for Pastor Vic and T-Wave, and this is blessed communication opportunity to get the gospel out, Lord. And we just thank you for all listening in. Pray a blessed program for your honor and glory. Amen. 
Amen. Again, you're tuning to a triple second free Bible prophecy radio edition. Victor Tisa Nathan Jones, Revelation chapter 12. Today's program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel Aventura and the Truth Will Set You Free Ministry. You can find more information at CalvaryAventura.com on Facebook on JN832. For those of you that are following us on Facebook, we'd love for you to hit the like button there on Facebook.com forward slash T-Wave TV and tell your friends and your family regarding the programs uh, here. And of course, we are looking for some prayer partners. If any of you would like to be prayer partners for our ministry and the programs here and the guests, would love for you to get a hold of us at 305-992-9537 because we can use all the prayer that we can get as God is doing some exciting things. And of course, I'm going to welcome Nathan Jones once again to the second segment of our program. Nathan, thank you for joining me again. Thank you, brother, for having me on. What a blessing. I'm so glad you didn't leave me by myself for the second segment of this program. Try to explain Revelation 12. Oh, you do a great job. <laughs> so, Nathan, just briefly again for maybe someone who just tuned in, can you just share them briefly your contact information as well as the ministry that you are involved in so maybe some individuals can uh, take advantage of all the wonderful things that Lamb and Lamb offers? Well, Lamb and Lamb Ministries is a Bible prophecy teaching ministry. Our message is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. Folks can check us out on our website at lamblion.com, L-A-N-D-L-I-O-N.com. Uh, Jesus Christ came first as a suffering lamb. He's coming back as a conquering lion. So that's what our ministry is about. Lamblion.com. Check us out. Awesome. I love that. Thank you so much, Nathan, for sharing that information. Of course, we want to encourage all those of you that are watching or listening, take advantage of these wonderful resources uh, that you will find here at Lamblion.com. And of course, Nathan, we know that God is doing an incredible uh, work. Anything uh, coming up uh, with your ministry, Nathan? I know there's a conference coming up very, very soon in July, right? Can you talk to us briefly about that? Yes, uh, our ministry hosts conferences. Not only do we attend conferences that are held throughout the country to teach about God's prophetic word, but we also hold our own annual conference every July. This year it's July 11th here in the Dallas, Texas area. But we are going to be streaming it all over the internet. So folks can come on and either July 11th, or we'll archive it so they can watch it afterwards for about a month or so. And uh, check it out. we get some great speakers, the messages, messages for rebellious nation. It's all the speakers are going to talk about the spiritual decline of the United States and what we can do about it and hope for, pray for revival. And so uh, that's what our conference is about this year. And we invite people to check us out. We also invite churches, pastors, if you want to host as your church as a satellite conference, we provide the speakers, basically. You provide the venue and bring your people in. You can have your own conference through our conference as well. Man, that's, Nathan, that's why I love technology. Isn't that awesome, the things that we can do today? <laughs> it's amazing. I know that one of the last crusades Billy Graham did, it was broadcast all over the world. He said he reached more people in that crusade than he had in all the crusades up to that point. We are living in a time of amazing technology, and I think it's because... The Lord wants us to get the message out as quickly as we can Absolutely. before He returns. Nathan, that's why I love what you get to do there also at Lamb, being the web minister, meaning you're reaching people across the globe, everywhere. They're being touched by the message of Jesus Christ. So that, that's awesome what you also get to do as part of the ministry there. Well, I just feel it's a great blessing. We were founded by Dr. Dave Reagan, who's our senior evangelist and, of course, the host of Christ and Prophecy. And I've got to work with him now for eight years. and been a great blessing to learn and grow and get the chance to preach and teach. I'm going to California next week to share the gospel at a conference there. So our ministry has many opportunities of getting the gospel out, both in technology and uh, live in conference and speaking engagements. That is awesome. You are one busy evangelist, Nathan. 
No, just as much as you are. <laughs> Pastors are always busy because you're at work 24-7. Yeah, no, no, definitely keep us in prayer. But thank you for sharing that. So hopefully our watching and listening audience can take advantage of that. Maybe they'll have you out and share one of your conferences. I hope you have a wonderful time in California. I know a good friend of yours, Don Perkins, is actually heading out to Germany somewhere to do a conference as well. He is. When he gets back, we'll be doing that same conference together, but I will be here next week for T-Wave. I wouldn't miss it for the world. All right. Well, that's good news. You had me scared there for a minute. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Nathan, for sharing the wonderful information with our listening and watching audience. Again, you're tuning into the Truth Set the Bible Prophecy Radio Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're looking at Revelation chapter 12. Nathan, you've been taking us through chapter 12. Very, very exciting passage. Some wonderful things here in the first half of our program. You look, we look there, Revelation 12, verses 1 through 7. A quick recap, Nathan, before we move forward, maybe in case someone just tuned into the program. Certainly. Well, Revelation 12 gives us five different characters to begin with. We've been going through the judgments of Revelation. Now we're getting into who the characters are, the players of Revelation. We first get uh, a woman clothed with the sun, moon in her feet, and 12 stars. And we can go back to Genesis and realize that's uh, Israel. So it's talking about the nation of Israel. Talking about a fiery dragon, which we know is Satan. It talks about a third of the stars that have been being thrown out with Satan. So those are the demons that we have on this world today. Uh, Israel bears the male child who will rule. That's the Messiah. And then uh, Israel will flee into the wilderness at the half midway point of the tribulation. And for three and a half years be protected by God out there in the wilderness, uh, which we other verses tell us is, is Petra or inside southern Jordan today. So... These are the five main characters that were introduced to in Revelation 12. Absolutely. And of course, Nathan, we posted a picture of Smog out there from the Lord of the Rings, the <laughs> dragon, because we really have this heavenly fight uh, taking place. We know that we win. Satan and his demons uh, ultimately will lose. But nevertheless, they are after God's people, even today. They're trying to destroy the nation of Israel, but God is going to supernaturally uh, protect them. Can you talk to us a little bit about this place again? Is it Petra, Nathan, the some are believing in some place in Jordan? Yeah, if people want to know what Petra is, all they have to do is watch the third Indiana Jones movie. You know where that holy ground was supposedly kept, and <laughs> it's Indiana Jones outside this, this stone-carved edifice. That's Petra. And so it's believed that that's the location where the Jewish people will be protected for three and a half years while the Antichrist is fighting those who didn't make it to Petra. And as we'll read later in Revelation 12, uh, those who have accepted Jesus' faith. That's, and you know, Nathan, the exciting thing is people that have an opportunity to go to Israel with your ministry, Lamb and Lion. I'm not sure if you guys ever make it down to Petra. I don't know exactly all the locations. But the good thing is that these are places that you can visit today and, and and recognize this is where all this is going to happen. Yeah, going to Israel, I've been there a few times, and it really brings the Bible to life, because you're you're there standing where Jesus stood. I, I remember standing in the Valley of Elah a few times where David fought Goliath. Wow. You could see the cliffs on one side where you knew that the Israelite army was, and you could see the cliffs on the other side of the valley where you knew that the Philistines were, and you stood by the dried-out riverbank, it's not a river or a stream anymore, but it's all dried out. And that's the place where David picked up the stones and hurled them at Goliath. I mean, you can stand there, you can be there, and it makes the Bible come to life. You're right, we don't make it down to Petra like we used to because it, it takes quite a lot of time and it's really far out of the way. And with all the tension in the Middle East, it's not best to go down to Jordan all the time. But 
other ministries like Augers Versados, his and all, they do go down the venture. And if folks want to go there, check out with those ministries. But our ministry as well also goes to Israel and sees many, many things. Very exciting. And of course, and here we are, Nathan, talking about these places. Meanwhile, they're written here in God's Word, right? And they have been for thousands of years. And yet the Bible tells us that there's some futuristic events that are going to happen that are going to develop there in Israel. And we it's almost like watching a movie here in, in, in Revelation 12 or something that is going to happen in the near future. Well, I believe it's right. I mean, if Jesus is coming back soon for the rapture of the church, we know that the tribulation is not far behind. So a lot of what we're reading now could happen very well in the next few years or at least few decades. So we're getting very close to what we're reading about here in Revelation coming true. Absolutely. And Nathan, of course, the tribulation, we... We hear divided into uh, two segments, seven years, three and a half years. Here it talks about 42 months, right? Uh, approximately the war. And then verse 7, can you take us through the rest of some of these passages in Revelation 12 for those that are watching or listening? Certainly. Let's not read 7 through 12. That's okay. Definitely. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceived the world, whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ has come. For the accuser of our brethren, who accuses them before our God day and night, has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. Oh, wow, what an amazing passage. So Nathan, talk to us. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things in these passages here. So there's a, 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 it says a war broke out in heaven. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, I feel like the greatest concentration of the Bible talking about angels were right there. So as we cover the subject of angels in Revelation, we're at the climax. This is where all the angels are, are duking it out. There are wars on earth going on during the tribulation, tremendous wars, wars that even kill half the world population. But at the midpoint of the tribulation, Satan goes into the, uh, the temple, I'm sorry, the Antichrist goes into the third temple, he desecrates it, he's possessed by Satan, he declares himself God, and then he tries one more time to overthrow God in heaven. Now, Satan, as we, we discussed in the last segment, is the most powerful of all the created beings, but he is not as powerful, nowhere near as powerful as, as God. And he and his demons lose. They cannot get into heaven anymore. God cuts them off. Uh, Satan has had access to heaven before. We read it, especially in Job, where he goes before God and he accuses us. He is like the world's sleaziest lawyer. He is constantly <laughs> going before God, accusing us day and night. Uh, and it says, who accused them for God day and night? In other words, Satan lives to try to denigrate us, to, to make us look guilty before God. And sometimes God will react to it, as he did with Job, and, and test Job's faith. And other times, uh, he won't listen to Satan whatsoever. But for some reason, and this is a mystery, right. God continues to allow Satan to come up to heaven and accuse us day and night. So Satan's pretty busy in that area. Well, but at this point, God says, no more. And he casts Satan out, his demons that he's able to bring with him, he casts down to this earth. And there they remain with for only three and a half years left. So it says that when Satan comes to the earth, he knows his time is short. 
Satan knows Bible prophecy. He knows that they've only got 42 months left before Jesus' return. Nathan, you made such a good point. That Satan knows Bible prophecy, yet there's so many believers and Christians and even pastors that don't want to pay attention to this. Why is that? Wow. It, you know, the irony of that is stunning, isn't it? It's because Satan understands the Bible. He knows it. He, he's seen God. He, he believes the real deal. But when we read Revelation, I think for a lot of us, it's so outside our day-to-day -day realm, you know? Right. I and mean, we are so used to driving to work and eating breakfast and just the daily things of life that when you read about these types of things, it's almost like you're reading science fiction and you can't, they don't quite believe it. Even pastors don't quite believe it. And But it's there, it's in the Bible, it's God's word, we have to take it as it is. So if Satan believes it, then shouldn't we more so believe it? Nathan, and, and that's why it's kind of sad and we do pray for those pastors or leaders maybe watching this program or listening to this program or maybe a later, but we do pray for you that God will help you mm -hmm. in this area because that's why we do these programs so that you can have resources. But Nathan, you made such a good point. I mean, the enemy knows what time it is. We use that slogan today, yo bro, you know what time it is, right? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, but yeah, it was coined first here in the Bible. So, <laughs> Well, I think Satan got the biggest hint when he thought here he was destroying the Jews during the Nazi Holocaust. And bang, 1947, the UN votes yeah. to give them their own nation, and they're their own nation in many of them, 1948. He must have been like, what? Every time Satan does something to try to thwart God's plans, God uses it to advance his plans. So Satan must be the most frustrated being <laughs> in all of history. You know, and I think good. good. <laughs> that's right. And, you know, and we can make his job more frustrating as we pray. Because, Nathan, when we pray, we literally have access to God's angelic being, like when Daniel prayed in Daniel chapter 9, and God sends them out on our behalf. And that's how we can also frustrate his plans, in a sense, to get people snatched out of the flames of hell and into the arms of Jesus. Beautifully said. We are in a spiritual battle, and we cannot fight Satan and his demons on our own. We cannot. We are not powerful enough. We need to stay connected to Jesus Christ in prayer, so that his power can flow through us, that he can defend us by his own mighty hand, by the angels, the guardian angels that he gives us, because uh, temptation is always there. And Satan wants to tempt us and pull us away from Jesus Christ, and that's his mission on earth. He's gonna, he's going down. He knows it. That's he's right. going to take as many people as he can with him. That's right. This fight with Medic Med, uh, Mayweather and the other guy was nothing compared to the fight. <laughs> <laughs> I can't pronounce the other guy's name. Can you? I always call him Paquito, but my son says it's Pacquio. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you would know he's speaking Italian, in Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a sad fight compared to the fight. This is a fight now. Uh, it's exciting, Revelation 12, because here we're talking about not just a war on earth, but a war in heaven. Right. I mean, God's own home is at war. It's only going to happen twice in all of God's history, and that there's a war in heaven. And we're also introduced to Michael. Now, Michael is the archangel. I believe there's a, a, possibly even a few eight archangels, Satan being one of them originally when he was Lucifer. And uh, Michael is now, I guess you could say he took Satan's job. He is now the head angel, and he leads his armies against Satan and their armies. Now, bear in mind that we were read earlier that Satan, a third of the angels follow Satan. That means two-thirds of the angels follow Michael. So the powers of heaven are always stronger than the forces of Satan. Nathan, that's a good point, and that should excite us, because, I mean, there's a population of almost six-plus 
billion people here on the earth. We know that God's people, each one of us has a protecting angel. So we're talking about billions of angels, right, Nathan, that were involved in this fight uh, in heaven. And they were uh, uh, one third of them were hurled down uh, to the earth. But yet the Bible tells us that, that there's more on our side, right, Nathan, uh, than on the enemy side. Exactly. Satan is the losing team, there's no doubt. And really when you look at the eternal, I mean, go up as high as you can, the 50,000 foot view, look down, Satan's power and influence only cover a few thousand years. When you look at the eternal scheme of things where God is over the entire universe forever and ever and ever, Satan's rule on this earth is but a blip in the eternal time period of God. Absolutely. So we find again, Nathan, there, this incredible war broke out in heaven. And of course, I love verse 8 of Revelation 12. It says, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. Verse 9, so the great dragon was cast out, just like you told us, that serpent of old. And he goes by many names, Nathan, right? I mean, we have here a number of names that he goes by on verse 9. Exactly. There's quite a number of names in the Bible throughout. Obviously, an uh, accuser. In other words, he accuses us all the time. That's what the uh, exactly. devil means. Uh, adversary, which is the Hebrew meaning for Satan. So when you say Satan, you're really calling him the adversary. Beelzebub, uh, uh, Belial, which means a hopeless ruin. He's called deceiver in Revelation 12, destroyer in Revelation 9, uh, the dragon, the enemy, the evil one, the god of this world, the prince of this world. 1 Peter 5, they calls him the roaring lion. Mm. Ephesians 6, 12 calls him the ruler of darkness. Uh, Genesis 3 uh, calls him the serpent. Matthew 4, 3 calls him the tempter. John 10, 10 calls him the thief. And what I think defines the most, Ephesians 6, 16, the wicked one. Wow. You know, Nathan, that is amazing. And all these, of course, are his patterns. That, that's his goal is to destroy uh, humanity and those that trust in God. And you know, uh, someone uh, shares sort of like an acronym, and maybe you've heard this before, uh, regarding the devil as a reminder, but they say the word devil, the D means, of course, devil, the E means it's evil, the V is his vile, the I is his ill, and, and the L means that he wants to take everyone to L. Anyway, it's kind of a joke, but... <laughs> wow, I've never heard that. That's interesting. <laughs> so it's a good way to remember what he's all about. That is, that is his ultimate plan. But yet Jesus Christ has a plan totally different, right, Nathan, for those that trust in him. It's true. And we've got to take the, the fact that Satan's a real being seriously. Would you believe there was a poll done that 60% of Americans believe Satan is just a symbol of evil, not a real living being? In fact, 52% of Christians who say they're born again, they deny that Satan even exists. So how can you have the Bible which explains the personage of Satan, it goes into detail about his character, his thoughts, what he's trying to accomplish, the very fact he tried to tempt Jesus himself. He's not an idea or a force or a concept. He is a real, living, created entity. And just because we haven't seen him in person, right. we will one day see him. And when you talk about victory, brother, the end of the tribulation, Jesus returns. Michael ties up Satan with a chain. He throws him into a deep pit. And there he falls for a thousand years until he's released just for a short time at the end of Jesus' kingdom. And then Jesus finally throws him into hell. So Satan's end is assured. Satan knows it, but he's somehow self-deluded thinking that maybe, maybe he can overpower God, but he can't. That's right. And oh, Nathan, that is a great way. And of course, I love it because we know that we are overcomers. Verse 11, can you read that verse for us there, Nathan? I just thought that was fantastic. 
And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. Man, so we have these individuals that are not bowing down uh, to the enemy. And uh, here, our testimony is so powerful, Nathan, right? Exactly. Yeah, we take for granted the power of Jesus Christ. He is the ultimate power in the universe. And you can overcome anything that Satan throws at you by the blood of the Lamb. In other words, Jesus' victory, Jesus' power, not our own. Jesus' victory, the word of the testimony. In other words, the testimony of Jesus Christ being the Savior of the world. And even be willing to give up our lives if the pressure to uh, turn to Satan's side comes. Uh, they didn't love their lives more than death, is what that verse is saying. So the real power in the universe is Jesus Christ. The real victory over sin and Satan is Jesus' death on the cross. We're only waiting for Jesus to come back and claim his throne here on this earth. Absolutely. Oh, man, that is so exciting, Nathan. This is an, an incredible passage. And I know, Nathan, we don't have a lot of time, but can you take us through the last verses there as you broke this down into five different segments for us in Revelation chapter 12? Okay, well, this continues the, the thought of the first section, and it goes, Now when the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth, he persecuted a woman, Israel, who gave birth to the male child, Jesus. But the woman was given two wings of a great eagle, the Holy Spirit, that she might fly into the wilderness to her place, where she nourished for time, times, and half a time, three and a half years, from the presence of the serpent in his face. So the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. But the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. And the dragon was enraged with the woman, and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring, who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ, who are, of course, the tribulation saints. Nathan, again, a wonderful passage here. We, we see, like you were mentioning to us, their, their protection uh, uh, for a time that, of course, uh, you explained also three and a half years, and that's why it's important for individuals to recognize um, uh, that terminology here and use a calendar, maybe uh, add up what this is talking about. And then I love it because verse 14, it talks about how uh, the woman was fleeing. And in Matthew chapter uh, 24, Nathan Wright, also refers uh, to the Jews. And, and it talks about the tribulation when it comes, a day of judgment, right? And how there's going to be a fleeing of the Jewish people uh, for protection. Yes, Jesus even told the apostles, like he said in Matthew 24 and 21, that there are times come where the Jews would have to flee out of their own country. Now, we know the entire world is pressuring Israel to give up its country, to give up its land so it can't defend itself. But at some point, Satan will come barging in at the Antichrist with his army, and will cause, I'm not going to say all of them, but quite a number of them to flee into the wilderness. We know it's not all of them because Satan tramples Jerusalem, but there's Jewish people there, and he's constantly assailing them all the way to the end of the tribulation. So we know that there are Jews around the rest of the world, but a remnant of them is protected in the wilderness. Now, Maybe you can explain this to me. I've never understood it. But it says the serpent spews water out of his mouth to, to basically carry him away in the flood, but the earth opens up and swallows that flood. Uh, brother, I have no idea what that means, nor can I find a reference in the Bible that explains what that means. Nathan, we'll take that one up in our next segment of the program. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow, that was uh, sneaky. You like the way yeah. I get out of that one, right? Yeah, uh, no, I don't think there's an answer for it. Uh, some, whatever this water is that Satan floods out, whether it's an army or he opens a dam or something, but he tries to drown out the Jewish people, and somehow there's an earthquake or something that opens up 
the water is, is emptied into it or the armies are emptied into it. Uh, this is just some of the symbols that we aren't given, but you're right. I don't have an answer, and I, we can try to cover it in other segments, but I don't think you'll have an answer. Well, Nathan, it's like uh, if you remember watching Batman, stay tuned to the same Bat Channel. The same <laughs> <laughs> wow. We will be right back. Well, actually, Nathan, I would like for us, I think you're making a good point. I think because of time, uh, I'm not wiggling my way out of it, but I'll tell you what, yeah. in our next segment, let's look at it from a biblical perspective, putting uh, passages together, and let's see that maybe we can bring a little more clarity. And of course, if we're not sure, like you said, where the Bible is silent, we'll remain silent. But if we can find some concrete things that we can share, I would love for us to be able to do that in our next segment of the program because I think it is important. But if we're not sure, Nathan, it, it is good to say, well, you know what, I'm not sure here. Amen. That's exactly how we should do it. So I love that. So now you're going to put me in the hot seat the next time. I'm going to have to do my homework and hopefully come up with something good. <laughs> but Nathan, actually, this is a wonderful passage. And of course, because of time, uh, um, we won't get into it much deeper. But it's just a lot of encouraging things here for those that are listening, those that are watching. This is not for you to freak out because also we believe that if you place your trust in Jesus Christ right now, you will not see any part of this tribulation uh, events that we're talking about. Right, Nathan? Amen. Yes, the church is promised to be raptured out before the tribulation begins. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, maybe you're watching or listening and you don't have a personal relationship with the Lord. Evangelist Nathan Jones always closes us with an invitation. So Nathan, would you be able to do that? Maybe there's someone out there that wants to start a relationship with the Lord. Share with them how they can start. They can start by giving their lives to Jesus Christ. Surrender your lives. Repent ask for forgiveness of your sins. And accept Jesus as your Savior, the Son of God, and He promises that you will take your judgment of your sins upon Himself, and that you will be free of sin and of the eternal judgment of hell. Amen. Thank you, Nathan. And of course, for those of you that have trusted in the Lord, if you want more information, you can always get a hold of us at 305-992-9537. You can also reach out to us at 321-END-TIME. You can also send us an email at prophecy at nickbatista.org. We would love to be able uh, to help you in this relationship with the Lord. And also, we want to thank you for tuning in to the Truth Through Safety Bible Prophecy Radio Edition with myself and Nathan Jones as we've been talking about God's mighty angels here and, of course, the decimation of Satan. Well, Nathan, of course, our time is up for the second segment of our program. But, man, it's always a joy to have you in our program as you always bring some incredible uh revelations to our hearts and minds and to the viewers as well. So I pray, Nathan, also that you have an awesome week. Thank you, brother. You too. It's great to be on. Thank you so much. And we thank you all for tuning in and listening in. Big Batista, Nathan Jones. May the Lord bless you and keep you in His face shine upon you. You guys have a wonderful week. Thank you.